Hello and welcome to episode 232 of Life Song Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. I'm Phil Ramsey. And I'm Blake Shankle. Guys, hello. Hello, hello Jim. My friend. How are you guys? Doing good. good. Been a busy week. Been a busy week. Yeah. Hey, first of all, before we get into what our weeks have been like, I want to thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Blake. Oh. Did I'm you not that. notice that uh, last week when we did the show, before we started recording, I kind of griped a little bit about the potholes in his driveway. He filled in them in for are me this week. Are you for real? Yeah, you didn't well, notice. Nope. Well, when I pulled up, he was cutting the neighbor's yard. Ah, well, that's very... very he cuts all the neighbor's that, yards, so he's... Uh, that's nice of you, Blake. Jack of all trades. What, running a lawnmower? It's <laughs> that difficult, but... Yeah, I got the, got the potholes. I mean, if that is the highlight of the week... And it, well, for I me, mean, for last you, week when I came in... I can't top I hit that. One, I hit one of the potholes and bit my tongue. <laughs> yeah. you know, I told you to avoid them. <laughs> I don't, I don't There's get it. too many of them. It's not. Yes, That's yes, the problem yes, yes. of having a gravel driveway. Anyway, yes, they are filled. And here we are. Yeah. One less uh, lip bit. That's yeah. right. Thank well, you, I, can't, I, I, I can't top the pothole, so I just had a boring week. <laughs> I've, I've, hey, I've just got a regular driveway, okay? <laughs> you come to my house, you'll be a smooth on drive in, no biting the lip. We'll record it, Phil's You might hit my dog, and then you'll be in trouble. Yeah, don't do that. Razzie. That's when the fight starts, my yeah. friend. <laughs> I've never seen a dog who loves a person so much. Yeah, I can't go anywhere in the house. If I shut the door, if I go to a room and happen to shut the door, you can hear the door going. She's scratching. Yeah, that's funny. yeah that is good. Yeah, it's been a good week traveling this week, been in Indiana. Been working yeah. a lot, yep, all week. So I'm glad to be you, home. Man. I feel you. I'm, I've been working all week too. Yeah, that's good. Radio voice, radio Jimmy. It's it's wonderful to have a job. Yes, J O B. Well, anyway, we're here this week, and man, getting this Texas Romans, it's been good. It's been good. Last week was big verses, big. We said we had big verses for this week as well. And <laughs> what a what an what a great book. Convicted by the book. Just, uh, I hope we just pray that you're learning from this as well as just much as we are. I mean, we we're just as we're uncovering this, man. It is just, just it's like a like a cheap sweater, man. We just keep unraveling it. You keep pulling <laughs> that thing; it sort of keeps coming undone. So it's beautiful, man. Good book. Well, it is. Uh, Romans is uh, is uh, from the beginning to the end. It's such a meaty book, and I'm glad we we did uh, decide to study it here on the show because it's it's one of the greatest. Uh, of letters that Paul Paul wrote. I mean, and all of his letters are great, and I'm not trying to put one above the other, uh, but uh, but at the same time, I mean, you just get so much theology out of this book. Yeah, yeah. This this is this is the uh, the magnum opus, uh, Paul's magnum opus. And it really, what, is that, what does that mean, Blake, just his for us? Simple folks. This is his this is his creme de la creme. <laughs> and, and then, what this, does that mean? <laughs> This is Homer's Odyssey for him. Okay? You said something the other day. And what does that mean? <laughs> Good gosh. Uh, Blake got ragged on the other day. He was he did the uh, at Vacation Bible School. He at the last day he gave the uh, gave the gospel at the end. So the pastor let him do the gospel. And of course, you know you have a wide range of ages. Was it four years old up through fifth grade? <laughs> yeah. And Blake and then, was dropping uh, words that the Apostle Paul couldn't handle. <laughs> or, or Charles Spurgeon, by the way. Did you well, tell him about wrath? Oh, I, I did. Wrath, propitiation. <laughs> Sanctification. <laughs> justification. Oh. They need to know. I mean, there you go. Come on, that kids. Was, let's go. <laughs> no, there were parents out there as well. So. Yeah. Um, that was funny, but it was truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, there's you explain it, mm-hmm. but but you better you got to be careful. Don't dumb it down too much. Yeah. The gospel's the gospel. Yeah, and, and, you, and you, it's you, the power. And you did a clear gospel. Yeah, you threw a couple of big words in there, but you gave the gospel and explained it. And that was good. That was good. So, yeah. all right, well, guys, let's jump into the text. Uh, it, 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 I'm just so enthralled by the text this week we we the first week that we got into chapter five here we we couldn't get out of the first two verses i'm not sure we're going to get out of verse six this week but uh we're going to start there uh, i'll read verses six through twelve or six through eleven and then we'll just go from there uh romans chapter five starting in verse six for while we were still helpless at the right time christ died for the ungodly that's i mean that's that's big right there i mean we could stop and spend uh two weeks on that on that verse but we continue for one will hardly die for a righteous man though perhaps the good man someone would dare even to die but god demonstrates his own love toward us in while in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath of god through him for it while we were enemies we were reconciled 
reconciled to God through his death, through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your truth that you have given us and that we are going to look at and study today. And God, we pray for illumination right now. We pray that you would give us the right words to say that we might not exegete this text incorrectly. We want to, we want to, we want to know exactly what you meant when you wrote these words through your Holy Spirit, through the letter, through, through the apostle Paul. So God, I would just pray for, for illumination right now. And I pray that those listening right now, they would be uh, illuminated as well, that they would receive the truth that, uh, that, that we are speaking this, uh, that, that we are speaking today. God, we ask you this in Jesus name. Amen. So I think it's important that we understand when I, when I was looking at these verses a couple of weeks ago, preparing for it, and I was trying to, a lot of times what I'll do is when I try to figure out what he's saying in this text i'll read over and over and over again and it's mm. just constant i'm trying to figure out what is he saying here and this, sometimes it comes a little bit quicker this time it took me a little bit to kind of figure out what what what's going on here because we see and i think it's key to understanding what he's again in context of what paul has been speaking of but then there's some really key words here in really short words that lead us into kind of explaining what the, what he's meaning here. And the first word here in verse 6 is for. And, and so what that means is Paul's just drawing. He's drawing upon his explanation. or he's, This is an explanation of these verses prior to that. And in particular, it's this verse 5 here that he has. And basically what Paul's doing is he's expounding upon the love of God. And you got to understand, this is the first time we've seen the love of God mentioned in in Romans here. All right, we talked about this a little bit last week, but we're really, this is he says because of the love of God uh, has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And then we see this for for while we were still helpless. So now what Paul's doing is he's given several explanations as to what the love of God is, and and he, so he expounds upon it. He's actually this is this is a literary unit, basically a paragraph. Um, to where Paul wants to just park here for just a second and explain the love of God. So now he's taking the love of God in verses 6 through, six through 11, he amplifies and he extrapolates what his love of God is. And so we see here in verse, uh, well, let's just look at verse 6 here. Uh, for while we were still helpless, this is going to be his first explanation, by the way. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And it's key, again, we go back to our, our pronouns. What is the we? Right? Who is the we? For while we were still helpless. And basically, I think Paul's drawing here is, is these are Christian believers that he's talking mm-hmm. about here. Would you, would you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, and he's speaking of their, their, their yeah. Yes. So, so let's look at this here. For we, we figured out who we are. These are believers. We were still helpless. Interesting, when you see the word were, that, well, that sounds like a past tense uh, a word, but if you look in the original language, language were, is it, were is in the present tense, and that means unbroken pattern. So this is an ongoing deal. While we, in the past, were living a certain continual way, hmm. really, of ungodliness, and we're going to get that word and talk about that in a second, we were helpless. Hmm. What does it mean to be helpless? In our sins. Yeah. We were helpless. We were unable, unable. We were completely, totally, morally depraved uh, and, and had no ability to do good. And we'll get through that but uh, as we move on, but uh, uh, especially in the next verse. But at the same time, uh, helpless means helpless in our sins. Help, it means powerless, impotent, without any strength to do anything, what, to please God. Helpless to overcome our sin, helpless to overcome Satan, helpless without strength to overcome the world, helpless over what? Death, hell, helpless and not able to live a righteous life. We had no ability at all. We were helpless. We were enemies of God. And here's, here's your visual. Here's what it means to be helpless. Take a, 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 a lady who had a baby. And she just has the baby. She sets the baby down on the couch and leaves. What can the baby do? Nothing. Nothing. We were helpless. Yeah. So, so this this verse, um, especially 
majoring on that word helpless um it's completely totally not just moral but spiritual spiritually just totally bankrupt that makes sense we're just in our inclination toward god we're bankrupt we're helpless we have no ability to do anything toward god and so we have no power to be or do good nothing like that and so it's complete and total helplessness but 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 we're going to get to the good stuff because we're helpless because or while we're helpless while we're unable and have no ability to do anything toward god look how good god is so it says at the right time christ died for the ungodly um again explaining here this first explanation of god's love here is so if we were helpless in our sins in our trespasses we were dead to sin at the right time meaning meaning God foreordained time for Christ to come. Everything was set up perfectly for him. Not a specific date, but specific time frame in history. It's a point. It was yeah. The Romans, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it had to had to be it had to, it, from prophet prophecy in the Old Testament prophesied, you know, it, it all come to fruition right through here. This, this was the right time that Christ would die. And so Christ died for the ungodly, God's love. Christ died for the ungodly. Again, Paul uses these words he's going to use he's using four words to describe who we once who we once were, who sinners were, helpless, ungodly. I think it's important for us to circle those or underline those. He'll say later in verse 8 sinners and in verse 10 he'll call us enemies. Um, these four words that Paul uses to describe those <clears throat> outside of Christ, so uh, Christ had to die. It wasn't enough that um, it wasn't enough that he he lived a uh, righteous life, but it was that he had to die upon the cross. He had to shed his blood. Right, that's what he had to do. For the wages of sin is what death, and so he had to die. And he died in our place, and we were uh, to have the salvation that we desperately needed by Christ's death. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at this word at the right time. At the right, isn't it interesting? As you look back at Christ's life when he lived, and they come to a, a certain point in history where he's walking down the the sands, and John the Baptist says, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Hey, it's time for him to make his appearance and to start his earthly ministry. But notice when Mary came to Jesus. Remember the first miracle Jesus did. What was that, by the way? Turn water into wine. Yeah. And when when he came, what did he say? It's not time. He controlled he controlled his death. Yeah. And so at the right time, he controlled at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He controlled all aspects of it. What is what does that mean? Yeah, ungodly, irreverent to him. He's already He's already said this basically in one eighteen for the wrath of God is against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. That would be that would be Christian. I mean, excuse me, that would be sinners, right? Those who are outside of Christ, they're ungodly. You're irreverent to God. You, it's not a. It, it, it's um, uh, there, there's you're ungodly means not giving due reverence to God. Yeah, well, it's 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 the people that are actively opposed to God. Yeah, yeah. I would say you know, um, mm-hmm. but. But go ahead. I mean, this this whole uh, it just there's so much here that that I don't want us to miss anything. And I know we're going all in different directions in our and you know we don't focus on this word and this word and this word. But uh, uh, just the just the appointed time is such a big big thing that that I don't think we need to we don't we don't need to skip over because if you look uh, at the previous verses that we went through last week talking about tribulations and stuff as he talks to the Romans here he's saying that that you know we should we should. Um, we should rejoice in our tribulations for everything has an appointed time, just like the death of Christ has is an appointed time. It came at the exact right time in the fullness of time. When the fullness of time had come, Galatians 4, uh, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So everything has a proper time. And uh, this this God is never late. God is never early. It's all going to come at the exact right time. And I think this flows off of what we talked about last week. You know, to go off of both of y'all's points, Jim, you know, we're talking about how this is not outside of God's realm. This is not outside of something. This is not a reaction to something. This is this is foreordained. This is something mm-hmm. that God is in full control of. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's in full control. It's at the time that he wanted this to happen. You know, he sent his son, and he, and, and like Phil said earlier, Christ was in full control of it. 
and and in control of what his every move, his death, uh, his resurrection, uh, his uh, uh, and so he. He, he comes and he here's what he does. This is the love of God that we see here. And, and we understand to the Romans, folks, this is, this is the love that he displays is, is that while, you're, while we were at our most helpless, while we were at our most vilest, un, um, just undeservable, undesirable state, right? I mean, here's the, the most holy being ever. And he, he and his, this is his love. This is where he's showing. And, and he's fixing to go on and explain who dies for these type of people. No one, basically, you know. But, but here's, here's the, the Prince of Peace, you know, King of Kings coming to die at the right time for the ungodly, the most undesirable state ever. And, and what, a, what an act of love that is. Yeah. Uh, Acts um, 2.23, I think, just says it perfectly. It says, him, speaking of Jesus, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to, put to death. So, uh, I mean, like you said, there's a precise, exact time. Circumstances didn't didn't bring about his coming and living and dying. That was all because of the of the the hand of God that was uh, that was uh, that was set into place before the foundation of the world. And prophecy, if you even go back to Daniel and read mm-hmm. some of that prophecy, foretold of Jesus's birth and death and resurrection. Yeah, yeah. and 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 day and and most of the Psalms told how he was going to die isaiah how exactly he was going to die not a bone broken not you know mm. all look at it by the cross the cross had not even been invented at that time so there had yeah. to be so all that was prophesied and then here comes this cruel execution uh manner by which the romans just took to a a whole nother level and here's here's look here on guess when it when it happened it happened on the day of uh, passover too i mean the lamb slain was at the same time blood was running from the temple and here is the true lamb of God up on the cross being slain at the exact same time as the blood trickled out of out of out of the, the temple mount you know it's it's amazing and and God's timing is always perfect God's timing is always impeccable mm-hmm. it's always it's always good it never fails mm-hmm. God's timing is not our timing and 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 you know what we're we're, we're waiting on another day we're waiting on God's timing as well. Is when Christ will return. Question: Does uh, your work in your Bibles? Uh, what kind of Bible you got? Uh, yeah, I've got the uh, the message. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the uh, NASB. <laughs> yeah, that's the same as me. Okay, yeah, that's what I got too. Yeah, well, it says uh, died dangerous. for the ungodly. If you go to the original language, you know what this is. A, you know what this is. Yeah. Instead of. This is substitutionary death. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So that's it good. means the idea and the Greek word that's used there for the word for means in place of. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yep. uh, and you see it especially in the next verse when we get to the next verse. But uh, yeah, it's it's, sup- it's 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 the substitutionary atonement here. Yeah, look at here, uh, Galatians three thirteen. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So this here is substitutionary death. He dies in place of the person who hates his guts. Yeah. The ungodly yeah. villain so, who is shooting at Christ. And that's the person that deserves hell. That's it. Jesus deserves heaven, but he died so that he died for me so that I could have his heaven and he took my hell. Man, that's uh, if we could just get that part of the story of Christ, then the rest of it would just start to unfold for us. If you would understand that you deserve to go to hell. You every action in your life deserves hell. There's nothing that you've ever done that would deserve or would please God or deserve to be in fellowship or communion with God. Everything that you've ever done in your life as a naturally born person from the the womb deserves hell if you would understand that jesus came so that he could take your hell for for you to go to heaven if you understand that all of this would open up for you and you would see exactly who you were absolutely and and we're we're, we're he's explaining this this love of god and jesus says elsewhere that no greater love is this that a man lay down his life for his friends for his friends john 15 you notice that god's love is different than than the worldly love mm-hmm. Blake, Blake has a, a wonderful wife. Her name is Mandy. Yes. Do you remember the first time you saw her? Yep. I think I do. You were in what, Mississippi? Yep. You were at some kind of courthouse or something. Yep. Like, was that? It? Yep. I was paying. A, I, was, I was paying a speeding ticket. <laughs> Lawbreaker. Should have should have went ahead and paid that, that sucker. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When you saw Mandy, were you attracted to her? Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, you know the first time you saw your wife? I absolutely know the first time I saw or, her. Unless this, what, My what, wife is more attracted to me, first of all, though, by the way. I'm just saying. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, my God. Pride. You know pride. What, what did you just say? We'll, we'll talk about pride in a little bit. <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, she loves me. It's okay. Jimmy, where did you meet uh, Melissa at? I met Melissa at a... Oh, uh, what's your first time you saw her? At what, a gas station. You did? Yeah. What happened? twinkle in his eyes she was getting gas and uh, i was getting gas at another pump and uh, i had a friend with me and i said hey buddy you see that girl over there <laughs> he said bitch you won't go talk to her and i said hold my beer <laughs> no i was playing i was was 16 could be well, no, i don't know could. i was 17 at the time i said lost i yeah. said watch that i was lost but i said watch this and i did and i went and got her phone number yeah and the rest is history that was Oh my god! Almost twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I remember it. not the first time I saw my wife because I knew her, but not really good. But I remember when my first uh, interaction with her, when me being aggressive, which I say was at city service, uh, city service station mm. parking lot. Mm. It was after a football game, and uh, my wife is uh, like your wives. They're we're blessed. They're, they, you know, they're kind of easy on the eyes. You know what I'm saying? Very and beautiful. she walked by me, and even though I, even though I knew her of her and talked to her, I'm like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? I was attracted to her lust. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> but but I tell you what, I was attracted to her. There, but here's what I'm trying to say. There was nothing in us. That attracted God no. to love us. See, we we look on what can, what do you have to offer yeah. me? First of all, am I attracted to you? And what do you have to offer me? God says you ain't got nothing. You you have nothing in you to cause me to do what I'm about to do for you, and died in our place. Mm. That's that's. But here, let's go to the next verse. We don't we we slapped that. Yeah, no, that was good. good. That was a good example. Look here. So now Paul's going to come in. He reaches again. Four four is important. Explaining how he's drawing this love for God here and showing it. So he's already explained this. Well, while we're still helpless and for the ungodly, and we say, well, man, that is love. And now verse seven: For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. Hmm. So 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 let's look at this and so Paul draws upon his second example here and he's and he's really speaking he just he does this he, he uses a human analogy basically I think is what he's doing here and he says for one will hardly die for a righteous man and this righteous man it doesn't mean it, what he means by righteous doesn't mean uh holy uh and un, I mean and just before God he's not talking about in that sense of righteous but what he's meaning is is just is just an upstanding guy this is one who you know really in 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 human form and and in all likelihood, this is a guy that has he he's a good someone you deal good with, you know, in in the neighborhood or in in, in your dealings. He's a he's an you know to a human eye, he's not unjust. You know what I'm saying? But but to God, we know he's a sinner. But that's not what he's on a human level. That's what he's talking about. He's a righteous man. So uh, he you know you treat others fairly. So so if that's the case, one will hardly die for a righteous man. Some people will, yeah, but but, but not. Uh, Would y'all die for me? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you, well, no, it depends on the circumstance. It'd be really hard. You, It'd be really hard. But like you said before, some people do it. I mean, we, we but it's have, very some rare. very rare. Well, we rare. have soldiers that's, go to war. That's right. We have mothers who would die for their kids. Yeah. You know, there's there's certain circumstances. It's rare. It is rare. But there are certain circumstances where it, you know. In situations where people, I wouldn't say they voluntarily give up their lives in a sense, but they know that there's a chance of death, but they do have a willingness to die for it. Yeah, I would say someone like the Secret Service has for the president. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're tasked with putting their body in front of. I'm not gonna say he's a righteous man, but he's a he's a. I mean, he's the most powerful man in the world, right? People put their lives in front of him to save this man. I was reading it, about it, two firefighters, a uh, true story, but they were in a, a trap in a smoking building. And uh, they couldn't get out, and they had one oxygen tank, and it was running out. And the guy that had the oxygen tank took off the oxygen mask and gave it to him because he knew that this guy had a this guy he didn't have he wasn't married he didn't have any kids he he you know lived a pretty good life he took his mask off and he gave it to to that guy, and the guy that took his mask off died. So he mm-hmm. he yeah. 
was one of the ones who died for somebody else. But that's that's rare. And that's what Paul's saying here is hardly. Yeah. yeah so he, he knows he's not saying it's not going to happen, but right. hardly. It's rare, rare. It's very rare. Mm-hmm. And so then, so what Paul's doing is, is growing from the greater to the lesser here. Mm-hmm. Now he says in, so now we say, well, one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps, meaning, well, maybe, right, maybe, for the good man, someone would dare even to die. Mm-hmm. So now he's going, so this good man, we, we're not talking, we know no one's good, parts already made that, but just someone who's just a... Generous. You, yep. Just yeah. a decent person, right? right? right and he's right. saying here, perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. Mm-hmm. Saying, basically going to the lesser is like, that's very rare that's ever going to happen even more. It's less rare than the than the one dying for the righteous man. Right. So you see what I'm saying? So he, now he's stepping this, and what he's what is he doing here? But then, so so he's he's making this argument. Then he comes in with this, but God, and this is a Steve Lawson has called this the John three sixteen hmm. of the Roman of Romans five, or just Romans here is so so though so one will hardly die for a righteous man, and one would dare die for just a good man. Okay, now that that makes that's kind of weak. if you understand that. Look, he's already talking about us being ungodly and helpless, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And he's already explained who us is, meaning you could put in, but God only demonstrates his own love toward us who are helpless, who are ungodly, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, we got to break that down. <laughs> well, let me just say it like this, and, and, and I think we it's, this is an equation here. This is a, this is, yeah. this is a math yeah. equation. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you've got the cross. You got you got God's love. You got the Son's love, uh, but but we see that that you know nobody's gonna die. Like like Phil just asked, would you guys die for me? Would you would you die for me? Um, nobody's gonna die for a sinner except for Jesus, right? Nobody has ever died for a sinner except for Jesus. So so we see His love by His death on the cross, and so the cross is what forms this equation. Right. It's the equation between the father's love and the son's love. So there's the oneness of the father and the son. It's evident in this. We can see that in this. So so the father gave the son and the son laid down his own life. The love of the father and the love of Jesus is fully expressed on the cross. Man, we we can't we we as even as sinners, even as, as, as people who, who actively fight, we're ungodly and we actively fight against God, we still cannot fight off the love of God toward us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. And, and, and that's the, the agape love that yeah. Phil was already talking about here. This is the love that comes down from God. This is agape love. This is a love that, that we, we really have toward our wives. But here's the difference, right? Here's that we have to our children. But the difference is, is, is they have something to give back. There's a beauty about them. There's love that they actually give back to them, you know, to us. They, there's a return in that. Our kids, they give us joy. They give us love. And the difference is, is we could get, we don't get, we're none of that to God. That's a good point. We're none of that. That's a real good point. You need to think about what he just said. Here's, here's you another visual. It's in the war. Uh, American soldier. He's, he's captured. He's in a, uh, a foxhole with the enemy. You know he's been down there, been down there for a little while. These uh, the enemy soldiers, they are while he was there, they're beating him, they're torturing him for a matter of days. He's been he's been captive, and all of a sudden, a grenade goes into the the foxhole, and then the American soldier runs and dives on the mm-hmm. grenade mm-hmm. to shield, and he dies to keep them from. That's what Christ did yep. for us. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah, that's when we were yet his enemies, ungodly, he died for us. And nobody does that but Christ. Right. Nobody. Right. But yeah, yeah. And this but God just basically showing here that that he's not us. He's yeah. not the sinner. He's I mean, he's not the ungodly, he's not the sinner. But God demonstrates this, and this is in present tense. Mind you, this is not past tense. You can imagine if he went to past tense, we could look back to the cross. But this is something here that's present reality. This is this is through the preaching of the word and through the testimony of Scripture is yeah. what we have here. And so we got to understand that. We got to mm-hmm. let, let's understand that 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 this right here, this that God demonstrates His own love toward us. That word "demonstrator" shows as some some. Uh, uh, 
translations would say that word like Blake said's in the in the present tense so that means it's a continuous ongoing mm-hmm. thing so so even today 2000 some odd years after Jesus died on the cross even today that fact that Christ died on the cross for sinners is the most remarkable manifestation of his love that has ever existed in the history of this absolutely. world absolutely good absolutely gracious. and it still ministers to today yeah. You're right it ministers through our words as as Christians as evangelists as preachers that's what we do we we administer this how we this is how we demonstrate his love is through his word through yeah. his through evangelism through guess what through us living our lives Paul says walk the talk if you're going to talk about it then walk it live the life as the Christian show the love demonstrate the yeah. love of God here that word means to prove by the way if you look it up uh, one of the <clears throat> definitions is he proves his love for us so if he does this think about this if he does this if he proves his love for us, and dies for us while we were ungodly and his enemies. Enemy. That's the key right there. Look here. If he does this out of love, mm-hmm. how much more love as now children does he have for us? That's right. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That's right. He did this while we were enemies, but now that we are his children, how much more will this love, hey, keep us? Okay. Yeah. It does. I think yeah. we're going to hit that here in a minute. Yeah. But That's big. It is big. Yeah, it if he is. does it as enemies, now that we're in the family, what's he going to do? It's endless. <laughs> and So, yeah, Paul's uh, going from here, he's going to the lesser to the greater yeah. at that point. You yeah. know, he's going from the greater to the lesser in just this analogy, but, but Paul's just ramping it up. It's just in succession here. It's boom. He's just throwing these grenades out here. It's amazing. And, and, so he, like, and he's explaining the love of God here. Yeah. And so, so, so let's kind of summarize that, what, what this, what this mm-hmm. means. God. God's love operates regardless of our merit. We have yeah, no merit, right. so it's 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 irrespective of our merit. That's so right. God, Christ, His death benefits sinners by the sacrifice provided by God. So God demonstrates His love to the weak, to the ungodly, to the enemy, to the sinner, and it's clear that there is absolutely zero qualification in God's love. There's yeah. no pre-qualification for us to be able to receive the love of God. He leaves nobody out of His love. There is no previous love on our part toward him god loves us before we make any move of love toward him man i mean that that is absolutely unremarkable we we can rest in this love that's why we can we can rest in it let me read you a few a few verses hebrews 10 23 let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful okay He's faithful. First Thessalonians five twenty three says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, Christ, who calls you, is faithful, and He will surely do it." One more, Philippians one six says, "And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion." completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So again, we'll just let me just hammer this home. This is a great context to talk about the the assurance we have being in Christ and no one can separate this love that died for us while we were his enemies and now his children. Look, nobody look, and yes there's responsibility on our half. But it's because he empowers us, yeah. and he's faithful. Mm-hmm. He began it; mm-hmm. he'll finish it. Yeah, that that it's so amazing. What a great verse! And let me let me let's finish this out, and then I want to I want to I want to tie this in for just a something here. He says he he shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Understand, sinners, right? We're not in a. He doesn't mean he died for us while we were in a great state. While we were, oh, we were good. Everything was great going on. No, by sinners he means we we were amiss, right? We were we were in rebellion to God, right? We we did not want our will was bent toward doing against His will. Our will was bent the other way. We were in. Well, we're going to get to enemies. We want to keep with the 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 uh, uh, the adjective here. We're sinners or the noun, but but that's who we are. And and so we, at our most filthy, our most vile, our most wretched, our most depraved, our most uh, uh, state that we're in. What did he do? Christ died for us. So, so think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about. You know, we've talked about our wives, but y'all think about this. Phil, Blake, what if somebody came up 
and just out of pure hatred killed your wife. Yeah. Now, Me. now, now, this guy that killed your wife, you're so full of this rage and against him, right? Because he killed your wife. You go to, but, but, and, and you should be. But think about this. Think about you go to court, and and he's sentenced to death. For, for killing your wife as he should be and you come to ex- the execution day and so this guy gets put up on the electric chair or or, or however he's going to die and you stand up and you say no I'll die for him this guy that that's your enemy because he killed your wife that yeah. he that he he yeah. took something from you he right. hated you so much that he come and killed your wife and you decided that you were going to take the punishment for him. That's a picture here of what Jesus did for us because while we still hated him and we shook our fist at him and we we he died for us. He took the punishment and the wrath of God for us. We don't we didn't deserve that kind of love. Yeah. I was reading a guy was trying to teach his children this lesson that we're talking about now and he had a couple of kids and they were uh, they were a little wayward and they disobeyed their father. And so he went into the room and had a long talk with them. And then he got, he got down on his knees. He gave them the belt and said, now you spank me. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you take this belt to my backside and whip me. Yeah. And, he, and guess what? He never, this specific situation, he never had to deal with those kids, his kids again, on what what they got in trouble for. Mm-hmm. So he gave them a picture of what, what substitution means, what what taking someone else's punishment the yeah. the innocent man yeah. you know so the and that that goes to the punishment here and it speaks to this final portion of that verse here is Christ died for us look here it wasn't that Christ just uh put into our account it wasn't that Christ just transferred to something or gave us something it says he died for us and and look here Christ died the most horrific death ever ever uh, that that could have been uh, implemented at the time I mean, it, there was it was everything done to him upon that cross, everything going up to that cross, right? And it wasn't just the death that was upon the cross that was the bad day. I think he would have he would have dwelt upon. He would have loved to have had that been the only thing that day was him just crucified upon the cross. But for three hours or however long, he received the wrath of God that was upon the sinner. For, mm-hmm. for 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 that long, he received the wrath that that was supposed to be poured out for us upon him, and that was the death he died for us, and that was the only way, by the way, that he was ever going to be justified, that we would ever be justified to God, is through the death of His Son, through the death of the perfect thing, uh, um, perfect Christ, you know, His righteousness. So, so that's what we do. Look here, but God, I think this is a great verse to memorize. By the way, if you next time you think of John three sixteen, you think about it. It's a great verse for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him him shall not perish. This verse says it, but I think it even goes deeper because we can explain it as, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, the one thing that, that we have to, if we do John 3, 16, we, we, he died for the world, but, but we need to bring sinners into that. A lot of times we leave that out when we explain John three sixteen is the wrath of God, who we are before God, right? I mean, oh yeah, he died for the world. That's great. He did. But this explains, this explains our nature in which he died for us in. Right. This explains. Uh, this explains who we are outside of Christ, and that we were sinners. We were enemies. We were hate filled. We were ungodly. But He died for us, mm. and it goes so explains it. It explains it just a little bit better. You know, this this gives a great. Uh, I, I couple them both together, but this is a, just as this. You can see why this would be considered the John three sixteen of of Romans. Yeah, I just praise God that that His love and His sacrifice. Uh, and my salvation doesn't depend on 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 who or what I am. Yeah, well, absolutely. We have nothing to bring to him. He's he, out of out of this these four or five verses we've read. There's nothing that's about the believer that's been good. By the way, check this out. We're ready to move on to yeah, verse nine. Yeah. yeah, it starts off with this. Much more than well, how much more can we take, God? You died for us. How much more can we take? Goodness gracious, he keeps what a God! Escalating. Number nine, verse nine. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Man, what a massive verse that is. So 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 this right here, therefore, uh there on the front end, this this indicates a conclusion of the of the verses we just been through. Six to eight, it concludes right here. Yep. Therefore, this is the conclusion of what we've just read. Since God showed his love by sending his son to die for our sins, then he will preserve the very thing he purchased, which yep. was us. Yeah. So we can be sure and realize that our hope 
is because of this. Absolutely. Right here. This is why we have hope. God will preserve the very thing he purchased, and that is us. Yep. Eternal security for yes. the believer. Yes. This this just escalates that argument all the more, right? So as Phil's already said, is if God did all this for us while we were ungodly, then how much more will he do to keep us saved? Right? How much more will he do then? Mm-hmm. And so this this verse is just wonderful. I hope you underline it. Here, much more than Paul having ramped this up, having now been justified. So, past tense, justified by his blood, finished, done. We're justified. You're no more justified than the time you came to know Christ. There is no more justification. It's finished. Now we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Now he's running, now basically going into sanctification ultimately. Yeah, it's also perfect tense, also. I mean, it's happened in the past. If you've been saved, guess what? You have been saved. You are being saved, and you will be saved, right? The so, three verb tenses that salvation is yeah, in, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's past. Justification. Yeah, ju- it's, yeah, it's past, it's present. Sanctification. It's yeah, glorification. glorification. Yeah. I was listening to a guy the other day. It's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> he was talking about adoption. And when Paul talks about adoption, you know, it's, it's actually a, a point in time where you bring somebody into the family. Yeah. And anyway, I don't want to get on that rabbit, but he was quoting verses talking about adoption that was strictly uh, talking to about the adoption of our bodies. Now, here's the deal. Is that true? Yes, it is. There is a time in the future when when sanctification is complete that our bodies get their new body. There's an adoption there. But adoption is also present tense. When you're saved, justified, you're brought into the family. Anyway. Was that a rabbit? No, it was good. I have a, I have a, I have a. One day when we talk about adoption, you know, it it hits me oh, yeah. home really good. And yeah. I have a great analogy of that, and I'll actually bring it in and show you that what adoption does for the person. By the way, but anyway, we're not going to so talk about that. Ju- just what I want to say, justified. <laughs> if you've been justified, that that is something that happened in the past. Yeah. Mm. But here's the deal: in the verb tense, it continues without breaking. So this is another. Here's another point of eternal security. Absolutely. One-time act in the past with continuing results. There's only one time in your life you can be justified. Yeah. Yeah. One time. There ain't no two justifications. Right. Saved, not saved, saved, not saved. Well, you you violate the grammar when you do that. And if you want to come up with, with another way, then you have to violate basic grammar mm. to come up with a doctrine that God can can abandon his children. Yeah. He won't do it. No, yeah. he won't do He's that. faithful. Right. Rest right. in that. Well, he says that. We shall be saved from the wrath of God. This is something that's, this is a futuristic look at what God's going to do for us. As his as His children, It's he's put it upon his back, by the way. He says, I've got this. I'm going to keep you saved, right? I'm going to keep, there's, there's going to be a final judgment for others, right? There'll be that day upon hell who will be sentenced to hell, but God's going to continue to keep us saved all the way into glory. So when, we, when we're talking about, and we, we just got out of wrath, we, we, mm-hmm. we talked about it. This wrath here is a future wrath. That's right. A wrath of, uh, this is judgment. That's right. This is eternal separation. This is hell. This is a wrath. Guess what? They were saved from. Yep. So what did Christ do on the cross? He was our substitution. God punished him. God poured out his what? Wrath. Wrath. And so guess what's not in the believer's future? Wrath. Wrath. We've been saved from that. So there's more wrath to come for the believer? No. For those who reject Christ. Yeah. So this is what the love of God has done, yeah, by the way. Mercy. The love of God has 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 sent his son to die for the ungodly. The love of God has been a substitutionary death for us so that the wrath of God will never be upon us as a believer. That's that's love, by the way. So so there's an argument here on on greater the greater work and the lesser yeah. work. Right? So the greater work was 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 Jesus dying for our sins. And so if he's done that greater work, if he's put that in to do the the work of a, the substitutionary atonement, di- dying on the cross for our sins, taking on the wrath of God, praying in the garden that if there be any other way, Lord, uh, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. So if he's gone through that and died on the died on the cross, taken on the 
the wrath of God, that's the greater work. Mm-hmm. And if he's done that, then he's surely going to keep us because that is the lesser work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And absolutely. that really, that just kind of goes right into verse 10. Yeah. If you just think about it because yeah. you're talking about reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There's The hardest thing, well, ain't nothing hard for God, but it's big. The bigger work is reconciliation. The As an enemy, the easier work is is keeping his children who right. he loves. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like he did. So, right. let's, yeah, Paul does that a lot, doesn't he? Yep. You know, Paul's a great, he's a master at that. So, yeah, verse 10, right? He comes in. So, are we ready for that? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, he comes into this again, four. This will be his third explanation mm-hmm. here of the love of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, again, he uses this word, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Mercy. Just, yeah, huge verses here. For if while we were enemies, again, so Paul coming in and, and delivering the third boom of this uh, text here, and, and he's still he's still giving us this, his explanation of the love of God for while, if while we were enemies. And he's going back now to from, from being helpless to ungodly to sinners, and now he calls us enemies. We were enemies. Now, I mean, that's while we were enemies. So, so he's, I mean, he's just ramped it up is what he's done. Now we were enemies to God. You know, I think that that's, we, we've said this earlier is, is we, we hated God. We were in rebellion to God, our fist in denial to him. And, and, and what, what is it? We've, we've talked about that through, through, through Psalms. You know, he, he hates those who hate him, basically. Mm-hmm. He, 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 it, we are, it, look here, if you're an enemy of God, if you're an enemy of someone, that means you're in rebellion against them. You do not like them. You don't care for them. You don't want to be on their side. You don't want to come under their rule, under their reign. You're, we're in, we were an enemy of God. That's key. So when did that start? When, when did when did what start? The the the, 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 mo- was, uh-huh. the moment that we became enemies with God, which yeah, was birth, Genesis three fifteen. When the Adam, curse, the curse. That's when it started. He put enmity between between. He said, "I will put enmity between you and the woman, and I will put your seed and her seed uh, between you. But between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head, and and you shall bruise him on the heel. And so, reconciliation is the removal of that enmity between us and God. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, and and I think this is that's that's key. Is is when when did this start? Before we became a Christian, right? Before we were justified before God. Guess what? However long that was, 16 years, 10 years, 7 years, 35 years, 70 years, whatever, before you came, you were an enemy of God. Hmm. That's, that's what happened. But we, it's key we, to remember that it started in the garden because as we go on in this chapter, we're going to start hitting on that. Yeah, yeah. We'll come to Adam here. And we're going to see who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ and who, who we are in Adam as well. And, and understand if we're in Adam, we're an enemy of God. Right. And All right. Can I go on a record and say something here real quick? Amen. Uh, saved by his life. I want you to think about that. Saved by, where is Jesus Christ tonight, by the way? Where's, what's, At what's the that? right hand of the Father. Is he dead? No. Is he in a tomb? No, he's, 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 um, he's at the right hand of the Father um, interceding for me. He is, we serve a living God. We're saved by his life. It has nothing to do with the life that he lived on earth. It has everything to do with the life that he has today. We serve a God who is alive. He's not dead. We are saved by his life. First John 2, 1 says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Like you said, Jimmy, he's alive. Yeah. He's at the right hand of God. We don't serve a dead God. If he was dead, then we would be hopeless and doomed. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw, to, who draw near to God through him since he always lives. Okay? Always lives to make intercession for them. Who's mm, them? Us. The believers. The yeah. uses. Those who, his children, mm. who, who believe in him, who come to him by faith. So we serve a God. Look, we were reconciled by his death. That's good news. Guess what? Because of that, we're saved by his life. We serve a living God. He's not dead. He's alive. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And we've been made, as we've already talked about a couple of weeks ago, we have peace with God. Now that we're not an enemy of God. Before we were an enemy with God, we had no peace with God. Yeah. And now we have been reconciled to God. 
We have we are in harmony with God. We're no more war. No more the war is over with between God as a believer. No more enemy. You've been reconciled to God, and and that's what He says. Been reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. It's, it's not a question. It's not a question if you are an enemy or if you're not an enemy. Look at the text here. Look at the language. It says, for since we were enemies of God. And so the Greek there, it it, it, it assumes that that's a fact. We were, while we were enemies of God, since we were enemies of God, that God reconciled us to himself by the death of his son. So there's no question here of whether we were enemies or if I fall in the category of am I an enemy now? No, if you are living and breathing, you were at one time, if you're not a believer, an enemy of God. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we've already talked about how Christ keeps us saved, right? Phil's already said that. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, constantly in intercessory with the, before us. For yeah. us. That's the devil accusing us before yeah. God. Christ says, No, no, Get he's out. my son. He's my son. He's my son. I've paid the price. I've paid the price. Constantly intercessory. And that's that's and I think that goes to our prayer life every day is understanding who we're praying to through Christ, right? It goes to the Father, but Christ is constantly intercessory before us because mm-hmm. and look here, the the, the Godhead three in one constantly constantly working to save who to save us to mm. keep us saved to mm. to constantly sanctify us and that we'll be glorified to him that that he'll present every last person who was foreordained yeah. who was yeah. elected before the foundation of the world will be presented to God before him let me go back to what i said just a few minutes ago the yeah. the, the greater work and the lesser work you know if the greater work was jesus dying on the cross mm. then for sure that he's going to do the lesser work of of preserving us and keeping us saved and so think about it if if jesus would go through the the torture and the torment of the death that he went through for his enemies then surely he's going to save and mm-hmm. keep his friends question is jesus a failure no If we can lose our salvation, he is failing in his priesthood responsibilities. See, he was the sacrifice. He passed through the heavens, and now he stands as our high priest, intercessing on our behalf. Does he fulfill the role of the high priest? Yeah, absolutely. So. so if, if he don't, then Jesus fails in his mission. Right. But 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 here's the thing, and that's what I, the, the point I'm trying to hammer home, and I want people to understand when I talk about the greater work and the lesser work here, is that if, if God, if Jesus did this work, and we're calling it the greater work, we're calling it he did the majority of his work for his enemy, for the one that hated him, he died on the cross for him. Then how do you, how is he not going to do so much more mm-hmm. for those who trust in his work on the cross, those that, that that believe in him, those that he calls his friends in John fifteen? Yep. He will keep us safe because he did he did the greater work for those who hated him. Yeah. Yeah, it, it amazing. And, and look, just so Paul, uh, we're just going to, we got to finish this up, but verse 11, and not only this, Paul just ramps it up. I mean, he has just shot a rocket to the moon and it keeps going higher and higher. And not only this, you're like, well, that's it. I thought that was enough, Paul. Yeah, come on, man. I'm, I'm dying over here. <laughs> oh, my y'all. goodness. You know, he died for them, God. I mean, we can go back and do this, but. But we also exult in God. And we talked about exult last week. Super rejoice. We rejoice in God through Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ, what he uses there, through whom, again, through through Christ, we have now received the reconciliation. Yeah. We've now received it. We've been reconciled to God. We've been, look here, we've been helpless. We've been ungodly. We've been sinners. We've been enemies. And through Christ... We've been now reconciled, yeah. and we rejoice in that. We rejoice we, in that. That's what he means. That's the key word is to rejoice in but, it. But 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 let's let's understand this. When we go to heaven, what's heaven going to look like? It's going to be look like a whole lot of worship. It's going to be look like a, a whole lot of church. You know what I mean? It's it's yep. going to be rejoicing in God, and we will rejoice in God uh, in eternity. But guess what? We rejoice in God now in the fullness of time. We can enjoy the same exact thing that we're going to do in eternity right now, rejoicing in God himself because he did exactly – because he did something that he didn't have to do yeah. for us. Yeah, and that's exactly right, and that goes into this last word. I want to understand this. Wrap it up here. He's talking about received. Now received, that is a word of gift he has given this to you. He has given this reconciliation to us as a gift from God. Guess what? You didn't earn it. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything to it. And how do we get that? How do we receive that free gift today? How do we receive this freely bestowed gift upon us today? He says, repent and believe. Understand that you're a sinner. Understand what you are. Understand that you're an ungodly, helpless sinner, enemy of God. Understand those things. Come to him with a godly sorrow. Say, God, I've, I've sinned against you. And what does he say? He says, he says I, will, I will make you righteous from the head of your, to the top of your head, to the bottom of your feet. I will clothe you in righteousness and I will, you will stand and I will, Christ will literally usher you before the throne room of God before you, when you're dead in a glorified body. And he will present you to the Father. That's mm-hmm. what he does. This is a reconciled to Christ, mm-hmm. through Christ. And so what do we do? We repent and believe. We repent of our sins. I don't want, I don't want to be a sinner no more. I don't want to do those things that, I, that I've been an enemy of God because of. But, but I repent of those, and I believe in Christ Jesus, the work of Christ upon the cross, the work of Christ being uh, the perfect righteous, the perfect person to walk upon this earth, and His, and his, uh, his, his, his risen body rose mm-hmm. three days later. That's what we believe in. So the work of our salvation is finished in Christ. It's done. We, we stand as believers reconciled with God. So it's finished. Nothing, nor, nor needs to be, nothing more needs to be done for our salvation. Jesus resolved the curse and the penalty of Genesis 3.15, and he reconciled the enmity between God and man. Absolutely. It's done. It's Absolutely. finished. It's over with. So if you are today still an enemy of God, if you are standing on that side, to the cross. If you are still uh, a, a hater of God, if you don't, if you've, you've never had that peace come into your life, and you don't feel like you have that hope, then then you are a sinner. You're yeah. still an enemy. Yeah. Well, and here's what you like, Jimmy said. Christ. This is key, man. This is key. As we close, died for the ungodly. If you're not ungodly, I got some horrific news for you. You're dependent on your works. You're, you think there's something good in you that deserves or merits this great this great gift of God. If that's where you stand, your good works, and I got some bad news for you, according to the scripture. He only came to save the ungodly. Yep. And I'll tell you what, we're all ungodly. That's right. And so anyway, that's right. You have Absolutely. to you know, you gotta deal with your sin, man. Yeah, the, you, great, you, the great yeah, exchange. If you if you're not a sinner, guess what? You don't need a savior. That's right. But one day you'll bow your knee to this guy, you know, this well, God. Well, well, I was just going to say just real quick, we, we talked about we're going to get into next week. We're going to get into even, even bigger text. We say that every week. But, yeah. I, but, but man, <laughs> I we, told you this is going to be big. We're going to go back to the garden, by the way. Yes, exactly. But guess what? It gets bigger. It does. Yeah, so we, well, we got to end it here somewhere, guys. So <laughs> let's so. let's end it. Let's say some good, let's say some good stuff till next week. Okay? <laughs> That's right. Well, lifesongradio.com, If you missed any of the show, or if you want to go back and listen and take some notes or, or whatever, or try to make some sense out of what we just <laughs> we, we just talked about, lifesongradio.com. Uh, go and check it out. You can listen to past episodes as well. Lifesongradio.com or the mobile app. Uh, Blake, will you close? Father God, we thank you for reconciling us to you, Father, through your Son Jesus Christ, Lord. May we glorify in that. May we rejoice in that, Lord. You are a giving God. You are a loving God, Father. You you've loved us when we hated you, Father, and we we've we've got nothing but other than just to rejoice in that, Father. Thank you for that. Thank you for loving us. Father, I pray today that hearts are our hearts are pierced by the word, Father, and they and they trust in you. They turn from you, Father. You unblind the eyes of the heart, Lord, and they can see their sin nature, Father. They can see who they are outside of Christ, Lord, and they turn, repent, and believe in you, Father. I trust. I trust that you will save people through this word of God, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you for your love. Thank you for these men that that exposed this word, Father. We love you. What a great privilege it is to be able to study this word. It's through Christ I pray. Amen. Emotional, try to hear a new word from God, and I think it's very odd that while I attempt to help myself, my Bible sits upon the shelf with every promise I could ever need. And the word was, the word is, the word will be. Does it fit across the shoulders? Will it fade when it gets older? We throw ideas that aren't in style in the Salvation Army pile and search for something more to meet our needs. The word was.